Do you want your business to grow faster? Are you open to new and out-of-the-box ways to drive revenues and increase value? How do you imagine the most successful entrepreneurs and business leaders double, triple, or expand their businesses tenfold or more? The answer is deals. This is a weekly podcast featuring conversations with business owners, executives, and leaders as we reveal behind-the-scenes details that give you, our listeners, the confidence to pursue your own deal-driven growth. On the show, we discuss a huge variety of deals, everything from large complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. My name is Corey Kupfer, and I've been supporting deal-driven growth for businesses for 35 years as a successful entrepreneur, professional negotiator, and attorney. My goal is to help you strategize, plan for, find, and complete deals that will help your company grow faster. Welcome to the Deal Quest Podcast. Let's get started. Hey, folks, this is another solo cast of uh, Deal Quest. Uh, and, um, you know, it's interesting. I was inspired to uh, do this one. I just actually finished recording. And now, by the time this comes out, it'll be a couple of months ago that uh, probably I uh, uh, that I recorded this. But I just finished recording a podcast interview with my nephew, actually, my, my wife's um, nephew, my, my nephew by marriage. Uh, and it's his first podcast episode. And he asked me to be his first guest, which was really, really sweet. Um, the reason I raised that on a deals podcast is, you know, I was thinking about this conversation of doing something for the first time or doing something that you say you're going to do and how many times people talk about they're going to do something. It could be deals, right? I've heard that many, many times. I want to do a deal to grow my business. I'm going to do a deal and they don't do it. Um, And it's similar, right? I I know, I mean, listen, I'm an author. I'm a podcast host. Um, I can't tell you how many people tell me that they're going to start a podcast and then they don't, or, you know, they start and they don't follow through. Um, well, my nephew's been telling me for a little while that he wants to do a podcast. And he wants me to be his first guest. And guess what? He did the research and he took the time and he took the steps and, and uh, you know, he's got a company. I'm going to give him a little shout out, uh, right? Marlo Allen, consultant, consultant. Um, and, you know, he did this first podcast episode and I'm proud of him. And, you know, the interesting thing for me, is looking at what has some people actually do something, whether it's a podcast, a book, or a deal, and some don't, you know, and and um, I think I've shared this at least once before, but um, I remember, you know, one of the things that where this sort of topic got, um, in, you know, I really started thinking about it was when I published my book, um, I was fortunate enough to get my authentic negotiating book, um, many endorsements from some amazing people, and, uh, and one of them was a friend of mine, a client of mine, uh, a best-selling author, well-known guy named David Bach, who wrote The Automatic Millionaire and um, Small Women Finish Rich, and most recently Latte Factor, and many other, many other best-selling books. Very successful guy, great guy. And, um, and I had um, been fortunate enough to uh, ask David to give me some time when I was deciding whether to write a book and trying to figure out the whole book thing and, you know, publishing and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, we had dinner and also had a couple of calls and, you know, they was kind enough to give me time uh, and give me his input and, uh, and also did the same for my wife who also, you know, did actually a major publishing deal. And it was, you know, it was very, very kind of him, sweet of him. And, uh, and he also gave me a, a blurb with, you know, an endorsement for the book. So when I, you know, published the book, I sent him a copy, uh, you know, with a little note in it, telling him how much I appreciated it. And, uh, Figured, yeah, obviously that's the thing to do. I figured he'd, you know, ping me and say thanks. And 
And that would be it, you know. And he sent me a video, which, uh, you know, when, when he got the book, and basically the, he said he needed to send me the video because he was so, you know, sort of proud and excited that I, that I did the book. Uh, you know, and then what he said to me that's relevant to this, it was really impactful on me because I hadn't really thought about it. He said, Corey, you wouldn't, you can't even imagine how many people tell me they're going to write a book. Right. And you can imagine, listen, this guy's a right, multiple bestsellers, right? Known as, I mean, he does many other things, he consults and licensing and owns pieces of RA firm, you know. But, you know, but, but a lot of people know him as a super successful author, which is certainly one of the things he is. So you can, you can only imagine how many people come up to him and say, oh, I'm going to write a book. Right. And what he, what he expressed to me is that the percentage of people who uh, actually write a book compared to the number of people who've told them uh, that they are going to write a book is like minuscule. Right. So, you know, he really said to me, not only, you know, hey, I'm proud of you, man, but you should be proud of yourself because most people who say that they're going to write a book, they don't. Right. They just they don't do it. And, and you know, for me, it was a little weird because I, I don't know why this is about me, but it's just sort of in my nature to either do something or not do something. Right. I am not going to say I'm going to write a book and then not write a book. Right. Uh, you know, I'd rather not do something. I'm either going to do it really well or I'm not going to do it at all, right? Um, I remember when I was younger, this is, you know, this just popped into my mind. I haven't thought about it in a long time. It's unrelated to business, but it's sort of the way I am. Um, when I was, I guess, a teenager, probably, maybe it was in my early, maybe it was in my 20s, there was a, I used to belong to a ski club up in, um, in, in well, what us city folks call upstate New York, what upstate New Yorkers call downstate, but, you know, up in the Catskill Mountains. And, um, and during the summer, we would do stuff, you know, tubing and things like that. And there was a place called Fawn's Leap, where it was like a 30-foot cliff that you can jump off of into this small but deep pond. And I'm afraid of heights. And, uh, you know, since then, some of you may know, I've done all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, uh, skydiving and uh, bungee jumping and uh, repelling. But back then, you know, I hadn't really done that stuff. And I, uh, and I was um, still have this heights phobia. And people were, were hiking up, sort of climbing up to the top of this uh, ridge and then jumping off. And um, for, you know, there were a number of people who went up there and then didn't jump. Or you would see them. In fact, there was one guy I remember who literally was up there for hours. And every whatever, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, 20 minutes, he would, you'd see him come to the edge, try to get his courage, and then he wouldn't jump, right? And I'm not judging or criticizing or whatever. Trust me, I was a... But I'm sitting down there and people are saying, come on, come up, Corey, come up, Corey. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, hmm, I am not going to go up there unless I'm going to jump. Right. I'm afraid of heights. So I'm either like I'm not going up there and then not jumping. So I'm either staying down here <laughs> right, or I'm going up and then I'm going to jump. Right. And uh, so, you know, I was down for about an hour watching people jump. So building up my courage, getting, you know, dealing with my phobia on heights. And once I decided to go up there, so I, I climbed up there as a friend of mine was like, okay, you're going to jump. I'm like, yep, you go first. I'll be right behind you. Sure enough, he jumped. You know, I took a deep breath, stepped up, and I jumped off. Um, and I guess that's the way I've approached things, whether, you know, it was my book. I mean, some of you may have heard uh, me talk about this a little bit where I studied the model, you know, on books because most books sell under 300 copies and people write a book and they have no plan around it. So again, I was going to either write a book or not write a book. And if I was going to write a book, I was going to write a book and have a plan around it 
and leverage it and make it worthwhile or I wasn't going to do it at all. Similar to the podcast, right? It strikes me, and the reason why this interview with my nephew on his first podcast, where he has said, done what he said he's going to do, and I'm confident he's going to continue to do that because he's a disciplined and committed guy. He's 18 years into 20 years of his military service. He's, he's a guy that, that is a focused you know, young man. He's committed. Uh, he's building this business on the side that he's going to fully you know, be full-time once he uh, retires from the military. I find the same exact thing when it comes to things in the entrepreneurial world, including deals. Let's take a break from the show for a minute so I can invite you to a new way to determine your deal readiness. I created a fast and easy assessment that will determine exactly how deal ready you are. Once you complete the assessment, I use your responses to identify the obstacles that are holding you back from being a deal-driven growth genius. It's as easy as heading to coreycupfer.com slash assessment. That's coreycupfer.com slash assessment and filling out a few multiple choice questions. I'll be checking in after the episode to see what your results are. Now back to the show. So, you know, the purpose of this podcast is to expose people, understand that there's this way that you can grow that's not just organic growth, right? Although that's important, sales and marketing, getting clients and customers, but you can grow through all types of deals, right? You've heard me say it over and over again, the variety of deals, doesn't matter what industry you're in, size of company, et cetera. But I also am fascinated, and you see me ask guests about this, right? And I talk about the mindset shift, about what makes certain people deal makers and other people's not. And this sort of starting conversation, right? This, this, you know, who's willing to jump in conversation, whether it relates to starting a podcast, writing a book, and, and really having it be successful in marketing it, or doing a deal, there's something about some folks where they learn something new, or they get access to it, and they say, I'm going to act, right? And then there are other folks where it's just blocked. And, you know, they say, hey, I want to deal, grow through deal-driven growth. I want to do some sort of deal. And then they, they don't do it, right? They don't either take, they take no action. I mean, listen, if you speak to any of the personal growth, business growth um, seminar folks, they will tell you in general, I've heard this over and over again from some of the most successful people, that maybe 3% of the people, maybe five, but usually they'll say maybe, let's call it three to 5% of the people will take any action, any a material action coming out of a workshop or a seminar where they might've spent days there, right? learning all kinds of stuff. And then they go back and they and they don't apply it. And there's less than 1% of the people who really kill, you know, just really apply it. Like, right, 3 to 5% take any action, less than 1% who really, really apply it. There's something about um, us as humans that has us uh, oftentimes, right, not take that bold action, right? And I think it's the, the biggest difference between, or one of the biggest differences between high, highly successful folks and folks who are less so, is you know the willingness to take that risk, the willingness to break through whatever internal limiting beliefs and things that you have that hold you back and take that bold action, right? Where you don't know the outcome, where you don't know what it's gonna show up, right? You don't know if you're gonna spend a lot of time and not be able to find a good deal. You're not, you know, you don't know for sure that you're gonna do a deal that's really gonna work out, right? There's risks inherent in every business decision. I mean, I could have spent time writing my book or doing my podcast and they could have been, you know, a, a dud, right? They could have not achieve my goals. Fortunately for me, both of them have. Now, I, when I say fortunately for me, I don't want to make it seem like it's it's luck. I put in, you know, my me and my team uh, put in a lot of hard work and and had a strategic vision, all right, on how we were going to do, the, you know, this stuff as opposed to just doing it haphazardly. 
And that also makes the difference on deals, right? I say any company can do a deal of any type, but it also doesn't mean that any company can go out tomorrow, right? And just, you know, do a successful deal. There's things you need to learn. There's strategy that needs to be put in place. There's some internal work, which I often talk about, you know, with the founder, CEO, entrepreneur, executives, whatever, in terms of what's driving them and what really is the right kind of deal, right? Then there's certain team building and skills building and uh, hard work that needs to be put in to get the deals done. But a lot of folks don't even get to what is the strategy or what is, is the internal work they need to do or what is just the hard work that they and their team need to put in because they just never take that action. They don't do that first podcast. They don't do you know, they don't write that book with a put together a plan on how that book's going to be successful or they don't even write it at all. Right. Um, and the same thing happens, you know, with, with, with deals, just because we have knowledge doesn't mean that it's going to do us any good because we need to knowledge is important. Right. If we if we're clueless about something and we're just you know, I'm not, I'm not advocating being a cowboy, a cowgirl, you know, in a way of, uh, you know, of recklessly going out and just saying, you know, whether it's I'm going to do a deal, I'm going to write a book, I'm going to do anything without doing the kind of prep and research that you need to do, right, to have it be successful, right? There's some people just, you know, go out, shoot from the hip and, and, and aren't willing to put in the time of the work to really figure it out. And then it's haphazard. They may hit big, they may, you know, get crushed, and they may big and then get crushed and lose it all because they're all over the place. But there is a thing that um, I believe in, I learned back in my Hunger Project days, this concept they call uh, spin strategic planning and action, right? Right. You strategize, but then you get on the court, you take an action and then you get feedback, right? You get feedback from the market, you get feedback from other folks, you get, you know, you have your own sort of internal feedback and learning that happens when you, when you take an action, put something on the court and then you go back and you continue. So sort of more strategy and planning and evolutions and, and, you know, iterations, right. In, 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 um, uh, in research and development or science or whatever, a lot of times they'll call it iterating, right? Uh, you know, in creative development, they call it iterating. And uh, in a lot of businesses, funded businesses often call it pivoting, right? It's, you know, it's when we get on the court, we learn something and then we change, right? We, we evolve. And, uh, and folks who can do that, you know, are successful. And that, that same thing applies to deals, right? We're going to get better at doing deals as we do more of them. We can't, there's only so far we can go with reading books and researching or even talking to folks like me, theoretically, and, you know, and you need to do some of that, but then you need to get on the court. And maybe the way you get on the court is you do a small deal first, first just to test it out, you know, or maybe you're going to do a bigger deal to start with, but you're going to get the right team in place who has the experience in doing that, that you don't have um, so that you can minimize the uh, disruption and the mistakes you're going to make on your first deal. But, you know, that starting, that willingness, you know, one of my favorite quotes uh, that I've said before, and it, for me, it's the conversation of entrepreneurship, just not, not deals, but entrepreneurship in general, for a lot of folks is, you know, the ability to jump off the cliff and make your wings on the way down, right? You're never going to be able to see everything that's going to occur, whether it's in starting your business, whether it's in doing a deal, you know, even no matter how much strategy and plan I put in place in terms of the podcast or the or the book or anything else we're talking about, things are going to come up, right? Unexpected things, maybe things you thought would work aren't going to work. And then things that um, you hadn't even thought of are going to show themselves, reveal themselves as you get further down the path. You know, so you're going to roll with that, but it's this combination of doing some planning and then getting on the court, taking some action, doing that first podcast episode, doing that first deal, or at least starting to look into, right? And evaluate deals. 
You know, I was just thinking why I'm so passionate about this. And I, I think it's because, first of all, I'm just committed uh, to supporting people's success. I always see potential. I think we all have potential uh, in various ways, whether that's a person that's maybe a little hesitant to start a new business or, um, and, you know, even some of the most successful folks, if they have not done deals before and they've grown, you know, through how they know how to, I mean, we all do that, right? We know how to do a certain thing. We double and triple down on that, which by the way is smart. Okay. I'm, I'm a believer. Who was it? I think Harvacker used to talk about uh, some other folks as well in terms of courses I've taken, you know, they, they say, don't put your eggs in one basket, but if you study a lot of entrepreneurs, they actually did put all their eggs in one basket in the beginning, right? And they kept, you know, took really, really, really good care of the basket. And they worked hard and focused on that basket. And then they were able to diversify and uh, de-risk, right? Uh, and not be as concentrated. Um, you know, the truth is that's actually probably the path that more people follow because in the beginning to be so diversified and all over the place, you know, if you're not focused on, on, on the thing, uh, you run into trouble. So for many folks, uh, they have built a pretty successful or maybe a very successful business, um, you know, through focusing on that organic growth, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe they're great salespeople. Maybe they had a, a great product or service that just really started taking off and they didn't need to look for other ways to grow. But at this point, okay, or at some point, many, many businesses come to the point where they either that's no longer working as well, or it's working fine, but they want to accelerate uh, that growth and they want to look at deals. And that, and because they're successful in this area, doesn't mean that they're going to make that leap on the other side. There could still be something holding them back. In fact, being so good at a particular way often blinds us from the other, you know, uh, possibilities and alternatives. And just because we've been bold in one area doesn't mean that we take action in the other. You know, I know personally, I have always pushed myself. I mean, listen, yeah, you know, I had a very successful law firm. I didn't need to do a podcast or um, do a book or uh, launch DealQuest right, as, as a speaking training consulting company or become a professional speaking member of the National Speakers Association or, you know, many of these other things that we have done and are doing. It's just that for me, I'm always looking, and I think the most successful folks are always looking for ways to challenge ourselves, for ways to provide additional value to our clients, and for ways to make a bigger impact. And, you know, deals is just one of those. And I'm hopeful that just this sort of inquiry and discussion on what has some people jump in and start stuff and try stuff and then iterate uh, versus, um, you know, folks who get held back, you know, may have sparked something in you and provide some value and, uh, and maybe will cause you to look at doing that deal or writing that book or starting that podcast or whatever it is for you. Okay, that you are called to do that maybe you know you should do. And I don't mean should like in any judgment kind of way, but it's just you're getting pulled towards it. Um, and there's, there's some sort of calling, there's a vision, you see it, you have thought about it, but haven't acted on it yet. Maybe this will be the spark for you to do it. So whether that's a deal, a book, starting a new company, expanding into a new uh, geography, hiring that key person, um, uh, hopefully uh, you've got some inspiration from here. Uh, and um, I am inspired by all of those folks. I mean, really, what David Bach's um, video uh, helped me realize is that um, I should not take for granted the stuff that, that I do just because I'm this kind of person that does it or doesn't do it. When I do it, that it's an accomplishment, right? And obviously, as an entrepreneur, we should we don't do a good job generally. We should celebrate our accomplishments. Um, 
And um, so just pick something, right? Pick one thing that you've been talking about, thinking about being called to do that you haven't done. Uh, and uh, why don't you take that jump? And you know what? If that's a deal, we're here to help. And frankly, if you have a, if that's a podcast or a book or anything else, and you have questions on that, feel free to reach out on that as well. All right, folks. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you all. Thank you for joining me on this episode of DealQuest, where we help you understand how deal-driven growth can be your ticket to freedom. I want to invite you to a unique way to tap into the wisdom and experience of the DealQuest community. Join the DealQuest Deal Den Zoom calls, a free monthly 90-minute mastermind. In the mastermind, we address all the challenges you may be facing and help support you with the opportunities that may arise in terms of deal-driven growth. You will get input not only from me, but all the members on the call will collaborate and serve each other in a mastermind format. To sign up for the free mastermind, go to www.coreycupfer.com slash dealden. That's coreycupfer.com slash dealden. I'll see you there. I'm Corey Kupfer. Until next week, wishing you the freedom and financial prosperity that I know your deal quest will bring.